Boston Celtics split the weekend, some good, some bad, and why this right now could be the right time for the Celtics to make a little bit of a run. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day. Lockdown Celtics is free. It's available everywhere podcasts exist. You can watch the show on YouTube, which we are very much highly encouraging you to do. Watch the show wherever you can, whenever you can. Really appreciate it. If you've missed the show, scroll back through LockdownCeltics.com. You can uh, find all of the rest of the shows. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And I am one of the media voters for the 75th anniversary team the Celtics are currently unveiling. Celtics lose to the Hawks and beat the New Orleans Pelicans. I will talk about those games starting in reverse order. New Orleans first, take a break, Atlanta second. In the third segment, talk to a few of the guys down in New Orleans about the doldrums of January and why it's kind of odd timing. The Celtics now fully healthy at a time of year where the, the league is just kind of, everybody's just kind of blah. Everybody's kind of over it for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to get into that kind of weird dynamic for the Celtics uh, coming up in the third segment. Let's just dive into this Pelicans game. Uh, I want to apologize, by the way, for those of you who expected the show on YouTube maybe a bit sooner after the weekend. Tough travel day for me uh, coming back from New Orleans into the aftermath of a huge, massive blizzard here in Boston. So the travel getting back from New Orleans to Boston was a bit problematic. So I'm, I'm dropping the show a lot later than I normally would have. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, that, that's why this show is later than usual. For those of you who are listening to the show on your morning commutes on the East Coast, uh, then you might not know the difference. You might not know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to this. All right, Pelicans game. Boston Celtics beat the Pelicans uh, pretty pretty comfortably, but it was the final score was 107-97. I think the Celtics n- never really were – they never really lost control of this game, I don't think. I thought there was a stretch there in the third quarter, obviously, where the Pelicans made a, a, a huge run, but – it was, it was, to me, a ho-hum kind of like, yeah, you beat, you beat the Pelicans. Just like the last time they beat the Pelicans. Like, yeah, this is how it's supposed to go. A little bit different here. Not exactly uh, a, a game to be proud of, necessarily. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown combined for 69 points. Nice performance there. Uh, but the bench was outscored 38-17, to 17, which I think is problematic. And, and against the, the Pelicans, who no Brandon Ingram, no Jonas Valanciunas, they were already elevating guys from their bench into the starting lineup, which means they were really going deep into their bench for guys that look, Jose Alvarado is, is having a nice, he's a great story here in the NBA, but the, the Celtics shouldn't be getting burned by him. Uh, 
different players here that you look at it and you say, well, well, what are these guys doing? And and why the Celtics bench, just kind of an embarrassing, uh, it's kind of embarrassing to be outperformed by the Pelicans bench. It's just that I can't say it any differently than that. And that's partly their fault, partly Emay's fault, partly uh, Brad Stevens' fault for, well, you know, not putting a, a properly constructed team together. That's not what this season has ever was supposed to be about, but um, whatever. Uh, the big story, the big overarching story, the headline for me in this was the zone once again was a problem. The Celtics need, need, need to fix their zone issues. The zone is a basic defense. It doesn't take a whole lot to bust that thing. Marcus Smart, who had a really good game in this, was uh, instrumental in breaking that zone in the second half and especially late in the fourth quarter, uh, getting him into the middle of the zone. Very simple. You get a guy in the middle of the zone that that's a threat to score from there, but also a good enough passer, and you, you get that overreaction. They drew up a nice play where it was a, a handoff on the side, on the, on the left side. Smart gets the ball in the middle. Robert Williams rolls. Uh, off the handoff, basically turns into a baseline cut. This is the exact scenario of how to how to break a, a two three zone. Get a guy in the middle, get some cutters baseline. Whoop! Sorry for that mic. <laughs> Hit the mic as I'm gesturing for the the zone. Get a guy in the middle, get some cutters baseline behind him. As guy as everybody turns their head to the guy in the middle, there is an opportunity to go back door behind them and get into some soft spots that you know you could make a living there. I mean, whenever I played and I saw two three zone, I, I would almost like be out of bounds, kind of like shrinking down, trying to sneak behind the zone and have somebody whenever they sent somebody in the middle, I'd just try to I would always try to like just pop up and then all of a sudden you can like almost post up the guy in the middle because he's got no help and then lay it in. The Celtics don't have great recognition of zone defenses. They don't have great recognition of what to do. Uh, I thought Al Horford in the middle of the zone defense would be great, but he may said he didn't want him there, which was interesting. Um, so that's, that's my big takeaway from, from the, the Hornets game or the Hornets game Woo! from the Pelicans game. Robert Williams was awesome. Uh, as far as defensively, he only took just, he took eight shots. Uh, I'm sorry. He scored eight points, but, the three-pointer that he took was, um, oh, my God. <laughs> the, when he launched that, first of all, late shot clock. So he had the ball. No one was around. It was like two, three seconds on the clock. Fine. Take that. That's You're in that spot. Might as well take it. Oh, my God. If the, the, the bench would have blown up, uh, Jason Tatum was on the left sideline there. He was kind of like waving for it. But then the, he saw the three went up, and he was like, oh, my God. He almost exploded. Uh, that would have been a great moment. But, Rob, 16 rebounds, four block shots, two of them in the fourth quarter. Defensive menace. The threat of him in, in the middle has, is, is great. Like I said, Jason and Jalen. Jason had a really good game. Eight rebounds to go along with 38 points, seven assists, three steals, two turnovers. The night after, he had five turnovers. Jalen Brown had seven against Atlanta, which I'll get to. Uh, 
only one turnover in that game. 31 points, two rebounds, three assists, a steal. Nice bounce back game from the Jays. Something that they should be doing against the Pelicans. Like I didn't see, they had their moments, right? They had their moments. Jason was, was hitting from deep. Jalen dropped, uh, uh, who do you, who do drop? It was, uh, Najee. Um, it was, yes, it was, uh, Najee Marshall who he dropped that, uh, that move to go into an assist to Robert Williams for the dunk was nuts. Um, so Jalen, Jalen had his moments there, uh, on the on the downside, Dennis Schroeder was bad like all weekend long. So that was that was a problem. The Celtics at one point they came out in this game and it looked like it was going to be the Sacramento game all over again. And they went up huge. And and then two things happened. Schroeder checked in and New Orleans went to zone and the whole thing went downhill. So I, I think this weekend is a very big nail in the coffin for Dennis Schroeder and his time here in Boston. Think that's coming to an end. It's only ten more days before that that can be solidified. Uh, tough, tough weekend for the Marcus Smart haters. Marcus Smart, five points, only two of six shooting. Yeah, he missed all three of his three pointers. That's still still a problem, but still only six shots, twelve assists for him. Um, a plus twenty eight team high plus twenty eight. He's been a plus minus monster in his return. He's he's been one of the, the Celtics best players on the floor uh, and getting into that Atlanta game. He, this, that was a pivotal problem there, uh, which I'll get to when I come back. So in a nutshell, I, I mean, it's like a whole hum. Like there's not really my, I'm glad I'm only doing one segment on the new Orleans game rather than, than a whole lot more. Basically my big takeaway is fix the zone. Damn it. Fix, fix your zone offense because that's going to be something that you're going to see a lot of teams go zone against the Celtics a ton, a ton because it works. That's embarrassing. That is an embarrassing thing to, to be able to, to, to throw a team out there with these guys, with this personnel. I mean, the, this talent should be able to break a zone and punish. Like it should be impossible to zone the Celtics. And in recent years, it's been like, the most effective thing you can do about, against them. That's not good at all. More on that coming up next. First, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a new year, and Built Bar is going to help you with those New Year's resolutions because we know how it goes. I know how it goes. I, I, I can just speak for myself. I know I'm representative of, of many here. When I say you want to try and lose a few pounds after the holidays, all the Christmas and Thanksgiving and all the the big heavy foods that you're eating and those snacks that you keep going for. Replace the snacks with a Built Bar. You want a candy bar? That's fine, I understand. But a candy bar is, candy bar is like 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Replace it with a Built Bar covered in 100% chocolate. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs. 17 grams of protein. So you're actually giving your body what it wants, what it needs without and, and the craving, right? You're satisfying the craving without killing yourself there with 240 calories and all of that stuff. We all snack in the middle of our uh, fitness regimens. Snacking on a built Bar 
can cut away some of the guilt, I think. So check them out. Whatever your flavors you like, there are tons of different flavors. If you're on a keto diet, it works. If you, if you have a nut allergy, there are plenty of options for you. And go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order or all orders. So check it out. Try it. Just sample. Use LOCK15, get 15% off. Figure out the flavors that you like. Go back, stock up. LOCK15, 15% off every time. Use it at built.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Really want to, I hope that you tune into the big trade deadline show. Thursday, February 10th is the trade deadline at 3 p.m. We're going to bookend that 2 to 4 p.m. Me, uh, Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, NBA vet Antonio Daniels, and Kim Becker, who hosts the Lockdown Now podcast, uh, is going to quarterback the whole thing. We'll have you covered every move, the non-moves, the blockbuster moves, everything that happens. And even if it doesn't happen, we'll tell you why. And we'll have uh, unparalleled local coverage to uh, explain everything to you. So subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube. Set the notifications. and You'll know when we go live on the Locked On NBA channel for the trade deadline. The Atlanta game. Boston Celtics lose to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, that one was... <laughs> So the final score was 108 to 92. And you say, ugh, if you miss the game, you're like, wow, that, that wasn't close. But it was. The Celtics had the ball with, they were down one. And they had the ball on a couple of different possessions. Down one with the ball. And they settled for threes. Um, there was one where Tatum comes down, shoots a three. Grant Williams on his ass under the basket gets the offensive rebound, throws a bounce pass out to Jalen, who fires a three. Both missed. Another trip down. It was a turnover. Uh, the, the Celtics settling for threes was a big problem, and they shot 19.5% on their three-pointers, which was a real problem. After the game, everybody was you know, basically saying, yeah, we settled. We settled too much. We needed to attack. Jalen Brown said, you know, I, I, was, I was passing when I should have shot, and I was shooting when I should have been passing. And so they were out of sorts for that game. They relied on the jump shot, and then on the other side, they were turning the ball over a ton, like I said in the first segment. Jalen had seven. Jason had five. So that's 12 turnovers for the Jays, 18 turnovers overall. So they had 12 of 18 turnovers, and they gave up 24 points off those turnovers. So that between the turnovers and the shooting, that's the story. That's it. But on top of that, the Celtics had Schroeder and Smart in there. There was a, a bit of an overlap. And we didn't see the overlap against New Orleans. But Udoka, Udoka got on the guys after the game for settling the Celtics settled for shots. They settled for some tough ones. He, he, the quote, settled for some tough shots. We could have attacked like we did uh, in the third. But the third, by the way, he was referencing the third quarter run where the Celtics cut, cut a big lead way down. Like they had a massive third quarter. It was awesome. Then he said, we settled for some threes and turned the ball over. Pretty much that simple. Uh, 18 for the night, 24 points. And some came on a crucial stretch where we either settled or didn't get a shot off at all. So 
in the fourth quarter, the Celtics, and, and Ime called two timeouts. He, he tried to settle the guys down, but he's right. They were right. Afterwards, Tatum said it. Jalen said it. They have this tendency to settle for the threes in those situations. I have been banging this drum and, and pissing people off on Twitter about this kind of stuff. The Celtics settle for threes, which you look at them and you say, these are good shots. And I've gotten a lot of blowback, mostly I think because I share the screenshots rather than the full video. But I'm glad, you know, I, I started to think I was making a mistake by doing that, but I'm actually glad because it, it, it captures in the moment when you see that and people say, well, that's a good shot. When the, the players themselves will say, that's a good shot. I mean, you can look at it and be like, well, you know, it is a good shot. Sure. It's a good shot. Where are the great shots? Where are the better shots? And it's a, I'm banging that drum. I continue to, and I will continue to moving forward because the, the Celtics continue to settle for jumpers because when they get hot, they fall and that's great but they don't hunt the great shots and I need them to hunt the great shots. They need to hunt the great shots and, and understand that the three pointers will be there at almost any point in the shot clock. They need to attack first, but Ime, I think in the Atlanta game did his version of settling. And I, I think it's important for Ime to, Coach, the way he's, he's telling the guys to play, which is make the right read, make the right play, trust your teammates, and let's, let's play the right way and, and, and the results should come. Well, putting Schroeder in there and overlapping him with Marcus Smart. Like, Schroeder had one decent stretch. Marcus Smart was great in this game uh, as well. Like, he, he was... Less passing and more scoring in this game, 17.6 of eight. He was the only real offense going for, for the Celtics in this game uh, that was consistent. But the, the Celtics and Ime Odoka went with Schroeder because Schroeder had one, one okay stretch in this game. And... Ime kind of looked at it and said, well, no one else is doing anything. Grant Williams off the bench did nothing. Josh Richardson was not good off the bench. Tried Neesmith, that wasn't great. Tried Romeo, that wasn't great. Tried Peyton. Well, Peyton was garbage time, so I shouldn't even count that. But none of the other options off the bench were great. So he said, well, Schroeder was the only one that did anything positive. And he basically said, I'm going to play him. You know, he gave a long answer. I asked him after the game, you know, the Schroeder smart pairing doesn't seem to work very much, but you went to it and he gave a long answer. And, and then basically at the end, he said, and, you know, we didn't have anybody else playing well. So I kind of rolled with it to me. If you're going to call guys out for settling for shots, then we should be able to call email out for settling on lineups. That is, Situation called for Marcus Smart, the ball in his hand, to make things happen. Marcus Smart with the ball in his hand, making things happen, 
as the true point guard of this team has worked recently, has worked when he's had the chance to do it. He, it's, it's only just starting to take shape a, a, a team with Marcus Smart as the point guard. And we're seeing positive results with him handling this, the point guard duties on this team. Don't settle for, well, Schroeder's the guy. I mean, I guess we got to go with him because no one else is doing anything. Got to trust that these guys are going to find it when it matters. And that Tatum and Brown are going to be able to kind of pick up their games down the stretch. Like putting Schroeder out there, moving smart off the ball, you're taking away a guy who's admittedly, you, you know, everybody in the team has admitted, this is a guy who settles us down. This is a guy that we can rely on to make the right plays. Jason Tatum says smart has a knack for making the right play. All of that stuff, you're taking that away from these guys by putting him and Shooter out there at the same time at a critical moment. So I'll, I'll give, I'll give Ime the same thing that I give the, these guys. Don't settle. Make the right read. The right read is smart handling the ball. Put somebody else out on the floor that can defend and that can shoot it or that has at least shot it. Even though Josh Richardson was not shooting well, three of nine, one of four, did not have a good game. I'd rather see Richardson out there because he makes more sense than Schroeder. Grant Williams did not shoot well. I'd rather see him because it makes more sense than Schroeder. It's harder. When you see one guy in Schroeder say, oh, well, he's the only guy who's been doing anything positive. No, no. Make the right read. Make the right play. Trust that this is going to work that way. You know, because there's a ripple effect and it, it makes guys play different ways. I'm glad we didn't see it against the Pelicans. I, I never want to see that lineup again. So part of the learning curve, part of the learning curve, these guys are settling for jumpers when they shouldn't. And Ime is settling on lineups when he shouldn't. So everybody needs to be better and do the hard thing, even though the other thing might seem like it's a good idea at the time. In retrospect, you got to understand like, okay, not so great. Make a better read at the time, coaching and playing. Up next... This is a critical time for the Celtics. And it comes at a weird time in the calendar. The fact that the Celtics are fully healthy at the end of January, and this is when we're expecting them to be cohesive. I thought there was going to be an issue with that. We'll talk about that next here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Lockdown Bets your second listen? Lockdown Bets hosted by your boy Q, Lee Sterling. They're going to have some great advice for you if you decide to lay some money down over at Bet Online. Listen to their advice, uh, maybe take some of their advice, and who knows, maybe you make a couple extra bucks. So check out Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so it, it dawned on me recently that the Celtics are finally getting whole, and this is such a critical time for them to be whole, but it comes at a, a time on the NBA calendar where it's like everybody is just starting to check out. There's uh, a couple of weeks left before the all-star break There's about eight or nine games. And 
a lot of guys in the league are starting to look forward to vacation plans. There's a, a ton of guys who are like, okay, my last game is on Wednesday. Uh, we don't play again until the following Thursday. So that Thursday morning, that first Thursday morning, uh, I'm on a flight out of here somewhere. Me and the family, we're going to go someplace tropical. I'm going to go sit by the pool. I'm going to drink some, you know, whatever pina coladas. We're going to chill out. And I'm not going to think about basketball for a few days. That's like, I asked Jason Tano about that. And he said, you know, I remember vividly guys talking about all-star break and taking time with their families. I remember we lost three or four games in a row my first year going into the all-star break. And that's what guys were talking about. So there is, there is absolutely across the board, every NBA team, maybe not the Phoenix Suns, but (laughs) every other NBA team, there's, there's some level of this is a tough time of year and guys are just looking forward to breaks. Meanwhile, the Celtics are just getting healthy. So I, I asked, Emay, I asked Marcus Smart, I asked Jason Tatum. You're you're just now getting whole at a time where this the focus, the level of focus might not be there for everybody, you know. And I didn't say this, but you know, thinking at it, thinking about it, it's like Jason Tatum's played more minutes than most guys. Jalen Brown's played a lot of minutes per game, even though he's missed some time. I'm sure some of the guys on the Celtics are like, yeah, I need a break. What's it like trying to say, all right, we're putting this, we're we're trying to put this together now, but, you know, maybe guys aren't, aren't fully in tuned. And, and basically you may said, Hey, look, this is, this is invaluable this time for, for the team to get together. He said, quote, we need this time together. We're lacking consistency as far as lineups early in this year. Uh, we need all the practice time we can get and consistency on the court. So this is a time where the Celtics need to absolutely try and find a way to focus more than they have. And as Marcus Smart put it, they want to take advantage of other teams being in these doldrums. Smart says, my biggest thing is trying to make sure we don't become that team. We don't have the luxury of being that team. They understand that. Marcus Smart knows that. And then later he said, what better way to go on a nice little stretch before the All-Star break against teams that are already checked out and kind of get ourselves going? This is such a critical time for, for this team. If they can catch a couple of these teams napping, a couple of these teams looking ahead, then it's possible that they can actually pull off some of these wins against teams that maybe maybe they weren't you wouldn't expect them to beat. You got Miami coming in here, uh, always a very disciplined team, but coming off of a triple overtime loss a couple of days ago, are they kind of going to be feeling that you know, you've got Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's on a bit of a slide. Denver, Atlanta, Philly, Detroit against. So you got a couple of winnable games against Detroit. A, a winnable game against uh, Orlando. And then you got these kind of crapshoots, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Denver, Atlanta. If two of those teams, Brooklyn is, is a candidate there to continue that slide. Uh, Denver at home 
could be a candidate there to, you know, maybe there is a bit of a heading into the all-star break with some momentum. It's possible. And I know that I'm not expecting anything because what should we expect from these guys? Nothing, but it's there. And I, what, what's that going to mean in the standings? Who knows? Because so much is dependent on, on other teams, but here is a, a, it's like the Celtics get chance after chance after chance after chance. And all I can do is say, well, here's another opportunity. If they want to take it, they can take it. If they don't, then, you know, that's, then it's a squandered opportunity, but damn it. It is an opportunity for a Celtics team here to a 500 Celtics team to go out there and um, string a few wins together, keep some of that consistency, keep some of this, you know, the rotation stuff, eliminate some of the stuff that I was just talking about, the lineups that aren't working, focus on some of the lineups that are, maybe get some guys more comfortable, even some of the young guys. Who knows? This is an opportunity for the Celtics. Can they take it? Can they take advantage of it? Starting with Miami, can they take advantage of that and make make some sort of run in the standings to show us, to show themselves, hey, you know what? There's a team in here. In all of this mess, there's an actual team with talent that can, can actually win a few games. Figure out your zone issues. Figure out your lineup issues. Go on a little bit of a, of a run, and let's see. Miami's going to be a perfect team to test that against because Miami loves to play zone and they play really good, you know, variations on zones and they do things differently. And that's going to be a real, real challenge for the Celtics. Let's see if they could take advantage of this opportunity that they have to do something. I'll be back after the Miami game all week long, Monday through Friday. I will be here with post game podcast. So, uh, or whatever podcast. So, You'll get new podcasts Monday through Friday. So if you're a new listener and you're still here, then hopefully that means you're ready to subscribe. Please do so. Hopefully you enjoy the show. If you're a regular subscriber or a watcher on YouTube, then please share the podcast. Tell your friends they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.